Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin ve salatu ve selamu ala abdillahi ve rasulih Nebiyyina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in So we're continuing our topic of the prayer and I think that inshallah today is going to be our last uh, kids class lesson on the prayer and what we have left to talk about is salatu jama'ah praying together as a group how do we do our prayers as a group and some of the things which are important to remember about praying as a group and what it what it's like when you pray together so some of the things that we need to talk about for example we need to talk about how you move behind the imam yeah we need to talk about what you do when you come late we need to talk about uh, the issues around where you stand and how you stand. So this is something which is important to cover because for sure many of the times that we pray, especially for the boys, but also for the girls, but especially for the boys, you should be praying boys most of your salah, if not all of your salah, you should be praying in the where? In the masjid, in the masjid. Because for the men, you should be praying the majority of your salah. You need to be praying it in, uh, in the masjid. So for that reason, we need to know how to pray together, okay, as a group. So let's start at the beginning. First of all, uh, when you have a group of people praying, First of all, have we spoken about the Adhan and the Iqama before that? Yeah. We've already spoken about the Adhan and the Iqama or not? Did we, did we talk about how to do the Adhan? And how to do the Iqama? No. So the Adhan doesn't have to necessarily be, doesn't necessarily have to be for praying as a group, but that's normally what it's for, right? You can do the Adhan if you're praying by yourself. But generally what the Adhan is for is to call the people to come together and pray as a group, usually in the masjid, but sometimes it could be in a, in a temporary prayer place, right? Like in a school or something like that. So when you pray, well, let's talk about the Adhan. You want to show how to give the Adhan? Go on, you can do the Adhan. You do the Adhan, do you want to go and do the Adhan? Do the Adhan, please. No, just the normal Adhan, not the Fajr Adhan. Do the normal Adhan. Okay, very good. So how many sentences 
was the Adhan. You think 10? I think more than 10. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Hayya ala al-salat, hayya ala al-salat, hayya ala al-falah, hayya ala al-falah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. No. You counting? 15. I'll do it again. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Hayya ala salah. Hayya ala salah. Hayya ala falah. Hayya ala falah. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. 15. Okay? 15 phrases, okay, that make up the adhan. That is the adhan for the four prayers. Which four prayers? Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. In Fajr, there are two extra phrases that you say. What are the two phrases and when do you say them? Okay, go on then, read them like you were doing the adhan. No, no, just the, those two. No, okay. So after Hayya ala al-Falah, you say, go and read it. Read it. No, no, read it like you read the Adhan. I can't hear you. Okay, you're not doing it properly. As-salatu khayrun minan-nawm. As-salatu khayrun minan-nawm And that goes after Hayya ala al-falah In the Fajr Fajr adhan So that will make 17, right? Okay What about the iqama? So the adhan, what time do we give the adhan? When do, generally, when do you give the adhan? When the time for the prayer starts When the time for the prayer begins When do you give the iqama? Just before the jama'ah starts. The purpose of the adhan then? The adhan is to call the people to come together and pray. Like to call the people in their houses, to call the people who are outside, come and pray in the jama'ah, come and pray in, the, in a group. Okay? And what's the purpose of the iqamah?
fix the problem. Okay, the battery, it's because I mean, your battery is. Okay, there you go, testing one, two, three, it's fine, just got muted. No, Daddy. No, Dad, it's because of this screen. Do command one. Now it's working, but it wasn't muted on command one. It's okay. Okay, one, two, three, that's working now. Inshallah, okay. We fixed the sound problem, Inshallah. Okay, is it working now? Okay, very good. So we said that the Iqama then came to how many? 11, right? It came to 11, yeah? Okay. So, that's the adhan and the iqama. When you give the iqama, the people stand in the row. The first question is, how do you make the rows to pray in a group? Let's start with a simple number. What do you do when there's only two people that are praying? Where do you stand? You stand next to each other. Now, some people stand a little bit behind. That's not, that's not correct, right? You should stand level so your heels are level with each other. So this is where it's really important. Your heel should be level with the heel of the other person. So your heels should be level, not your toes, because somebody might have really big feet and somebody might have really small feet. Yeah? But your, your heels should be level with each other. Okay? And your shoulders should be level with each other. Normally, in uh, normal times where we don't have COVID spacing and things, you should be feet to feet and shoulder to shoulder. These days with the COVID restrictions, you have to leave a gap. But usually you should be feet to feet and shoulder to shoulder. So this is two people praying together. Yeah. Two people praying together should be Level with each other. Who stands on the left? Who stands on the right? The person leading stands on the left. Yeah? On the left. The person who's leading stands on the left. And the person who's following stands on the right. Okay, but what about if it's a boy and a girl? Ah, you forgot, huh? If it's a boy and a girl, the boy has to lead and the girl prays in their row behind. Yeah? Even if it's your mom, even if it's your sister, whoever it is, when the boys and girls are praying, always the girls are behind and the boys are in front, even if it's just two people. The boy prays in the front and the even wife and husband. What do you mean a little bit behind? Yeah, sometimes because there's no space in the room, they can't, sometimes what happens is, because there's no space in the room, the lady might pray like, she's behind, she's in the row behind, but she's not like, at the, she's not like necessarily on the back wall. You, do you see what I mean? But she has to be behind. She can't be 
next to, even if it's husband or wife, even brother and sister, the boy has to be in the front and the girl in the back. So if it's two boys, they pray together, the imam who's leading on the left and the one who's following on the right. And if it's two girls, the same. And if it's a boy and a girl, the boy prays in the front and the girl prays behind. Yes. I haven't got to three people yet. Usbur. I didn't get to. I didn't get to three people yet. Okay. Uh, now we come to three people. Three people. We're just talking about all boys for now. Three people. They're all boys praying together. Okay. So that now the three and above is all the same. The imam stands in the front. And everyone else makes rows behind. How many people in a row? As many as you can fit in the space. Then when the space is full, they start the row behind. And when the space is full, they start the row behind. They start from where? From the, behind the imam, right? Like the new row starts behind the imam. Not from the far right side or the far left side. The new row starts behind the imam. The new role starts behind the imam And so on What about though If it's all girls praying Where does the imam stand? The imam but the girl imam The girl who is leading the other girls It's all girls praying There's nobody praying but girls All girls Where does she stand? None as three there's three, there's three or more. They all stand in a line and she stands in the middle. They all stand in a line and she stands in the middle of the row. She doesn't stand in front of, she doesn't stand in front of them. She stands in the middle of the row. What about when she leads the boys? She doesn't lead the boys. Okay, I was testing you. I was testing you to see if you remembered. Okay, so let's recap. Two boys together. They stand level, yeah, level with each other. Two girls together, they also stand level with each other. Okay, three or more boys, one in the front and the rest make the rows behind. Three or more girls, the imam, the one who's going to lead the salah, she stands in the middle, not in, the, not in front. She stands in the middle of the first row. Okay, what about if there's a mix of boys and girls? Let's say two boys and one girl or two boys and two girls. No, so if it's two boys, the two boys stand together and the girls make a row behind. If it's three boys, the imam stands in front, then the two, then the girls make the row behind and so on. Where's the best row for the girls? The back row, as far back as you can go. Where's the best row for the boys? The very front row. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, The best row for the boys is the front row. And the worst row for the boys is the back row. And he said, The best row for the girls is the back row. And the worst row is the front row. So the boys start their row from the front and go back and the girls start their row from the very back and they go forward. Unless there's a special room for girls, in which case they can start from the front.
That makes sense? Okay. Because in the time of the Prophet, there wasn't a special room for girls, right, to pray. They didn't have a special room for girls to pray. What would happen is that the men would line up, then the women would come at the very back of the room, they would pray, and they would leave before the men got up to leave. Does that, do, you, do you see what I mean? Before the men had finished their adhkar after the prayer, they would get up and they would leave. Yes? Yes. Yes. Jazakallah khairan for asking that question. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. In a difficult situation where the boys can't make a row behind the imam because there's no space or because they couldn't get the person to move back or something, yeah, you can, you can just keep making a roll if you have to. Okay? All right. That led me to a good question, though. You reminded me. So here, there's two boys praying. Okay? They're standing feet to feet, shoulder to shoulder because there's no COVID. Okay? <laughs> or they're from the same household. A third person wants to join them. How does the third person join them? Okay, tap, just tap gently on the shoulder of the one who's following and that one should move back and you should make a row with them. So for example, just tap them like this, just on their, like here, just tap them gently and they will move back and then you can join them and make your row, you start your, you start your row and the imam is in front. Very good. For the girls, not so much a problem because you just join the th third, fourth, because the, the one who's leading is going to be in the middle anyway, right? So it's not so much. But for the boys, you tap the person and they will move backwards and you will join them. Okay, so now we've understood how to make the rows. The most important thing I'm going to teach you today, it's really simple. The most important thing you're going to learn today is what the Prophet said, The Imam has been made to follow their example. The reason of having the Imam is to follow the Imam, not to go ahead of the Imam, which is what we see so many people doing. We see people either going late or either going early. So the example of going early is the Imam says, and the person already started. The Imam says, Sa doesn't say Sami Allahu Liman Hamidah. The Imam just said, Sa the person jumped up. Yeah? The Imam has been made to follow. So that means that what you do should be after the Imam. But it should be right away after. Because the Prophet told us. If he makes ruku, you should straight away make ruku, which means that right away after. So how should it be? The Imam says, Allahu Akbar. Now you do it. You don't wait two years later. Yeah, that the Imam says, Allah, oh, oh, okay, Allahu Akbar. No, you have to go with the Imam, but you go after. You don't do it with the Imam at the same time. So the Imam says, Allah, and you start Allahu Akbar at the same time. And you definitely go don't go before the Imam. The Imam says, okay, everyone line up, still be straight. Allah, and you start before the Imam, no. 
okay? So the imam does it, and straight away after the imam has done it, you do it. Everything in the prayer is like that. So the imam, for example, is going to go into ruku'ah. So the imam says, Allahu Akbar. As soon as you hear that, Akbar, like that, yeah? You start, Allahu Akbar, and you follow the imam. Now when you're praying behind the imam, you don't go too fast, you don't go too slow. Meaning that you don't take so long that the imam's gone two steps ahead and you're still two steps behind. And you don't go before him and you don't go with him at the same time. So he, you are bowing at the same time. He goes first, you go second. He comes up, you go up like that. Okay? Now, the next thing is, whenever the imam reads anything quietly, you also have to read it for yourself. So another mistake we see a lot of people doing when they pray behind the imam, the imam is standing there. Oops, I don't want to cover the mic. The imam is standing there. And the people behind are standing there. <laughs> Quiet, he's not saying anything. If the imam is reading quietly, you have to read for yourself. So the imam is reading, Alhamdulillah, You also should be reading for yourself. But in this, you don't have to match the imam. Like imam could have finished and you haven't finished, or you finished and he hasn't finished, it's okay, because when you're reading quietly, you can't follow him, right? You just, you do, but you have to read for yourself. You can't be quiet, and you can't be just, you know, looking around and like this. You have to actually read for yourself, okay? When, but what about when the imam is reading loudly? What parts do you read? So you should read Fatiha, I agree. You should read Surah Al-Fatiha. So the Imam says, And then you see, the Imam says, Ameen, and you say, Ameen, okay? And then it's, I believe, yes, you should start reading Surah Al-Fatiha. Even if the Imam doesn't give you time, you should still quickly, but not so quickly you lose the words, but you should still say, even if the Imam is, has started reciting another surah. Okay? But the other surah the Imam is reading, should you read that? No. Only Surah Al-Fatiha. Okay. What about when the Imam says, Allahu Akbar? Do you also say Allahu Akbar? Yeah, you also say it, but quietly. So the Imam says, Allahu Akbar. You don't need to say, Allahu Akbar. Yeah. The Imam says, Allahu Akbar. You can just say, Allahu Akbar. Unless you're trying to help someone to hear who is behind you. That does happen. Sometimes the microphone stops working and the people behind can't hear. So you can raise your voice in that case. You can say, Allahu Akbar, so the people behind can, can hear. What about when the Imam says, Sami'allahu liman hamidah? You don't copy him. What do you, you just go straight away and say, Rabbana walakal hamd. Yeah? You don't need to say it aloud. So you copy the Imam in everything, but you don't copy the Imam in Sami Allahu liman hamida. You copy him, you just when he says Sami Allahu liman hamida, you say Rabbana walakal hamd. After, after he said it. Okay.
we spoke about how to line up. We spoke about how things should be done after uh, the imam. Everything the imam, even the salam, must be after the imam. And that means both sides. So the imam says, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Then you say, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Okay? After the imam. Okay. Now comes the issue of what happens if the imam is sitting down to pray. What do you do? Let's say imam has a bad foot or a bad back and he has to sit down to pray. You still stand. Which madhab is that in? You sit down. Yeah, if the imam sits down, you sit down. But if you sit down, the imam doesn't doesn't copy you, yeah? No, but if the imam is pray sitting down, you have to also pray sitting down. Okay, if the imam is a traveler and shortens their prayer, they make their prayer short because they're traveling. Like not the full number of raka'at. Like instead of four, they make it two. Instead of four, it becomes two. So what should you do? Yeah, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. Because for you, you don't have the same excuse that that imam has. The imam is a traveler, so they're allowed to make four into, into two. But you're not a traveler, so you're not allowed to make four into two. What about if it's the other way around? What about if you're a traveler and the imam isn't? You have to go with the imam. You just stop in the middle of your prayer. After two raka'at, just stop. Just get up and leave, yeah? Say, sorry, I'm not, I don't want the whole thing. I only came for half, yeah? No, no, no. You have to pray full because you have to copy the imam. But the imam doesn't have to copy you. Why don't you copy the imam then when he's a traveler? Because you don't have the same excuse that the imam has. The imam's only allowed to shorten because he's a traveler. And you are not a traveler, so you're not allowed. You're not allowed to shorten. Okay, good. Shall I ask you a really difficult one? She asked you the hardest one in the whole, whole world. Okay? All right. Musa says this. No, no, this is, very, this, is the, this is the one that if you do it, even the adults, n- nobody, very few people know how to do this. It's really very rare people know how to do this. You, okay, you have come to the masjid at Isha time. Okay? But you're a traveler praying Maghrib. How do you pray three raka'ah of Maghrib behind an imam who is praying four raka'ah of Isha? By the way, if I've confused anyone, you can just put your fingers in your ears and ignore me. Because this, I'm just, I just want to see if they can answer. Go and let me see if you know. No, no, the imam has imam started. Imam has said, you've come. You walk in, listen, listen, listen. You walk in the masjid, the iqama is going for Isha. Qad qamati salatu, qad qamati salah. And you are a traveler, you are going to pray Maghrib. So you and the imam, you and the imam, wait, shh, shh, stop it. You and the imam say, Allahu Akbar at the same time. But the imam's going to pray four, and you are praying Maghrib, which is only three. What do you do? Walk to the back and pray Maghrib first. Wrong. Next. 
praying. When the guy can we call him the Imam? <laughs> خلاص مفتي الدار خلاص give him sit him on the chair give him the give him a bish to make him the give the fatwa yeah you're right yeah you're right yeah you the best way to do it is when you finished three you now stop following the imam you make your tashahud you give your salam for your three then if he's still praying stand up and join him and you pray isha with him but when you do that how many do you pray all of them, no, no, you pray all of them, you still have to pray for because he's praying for you, you still have to pray for. Does that make sense or not? You're looking like it didn't make sense. Okay, sorry for that. I'm sorry for asking the question. Yes. What if you're a traveler and you came late for Isha? I'm confused now, so I don't know how everyone else at home is not confused. No, no, wait one second, let me explain, you explain. You are a traveller, and you came late for Isha, so you, and you're praying Isha? No, from Maghrib. You're praying Maghrib, and the Imam is praying? Isha. and you came late. So you just pray three. Yeah, you just pray three. When you pray, when you pray three, you finish. Because Maghrib is three, right? So when you pray three, you finish. Okay, that was just my little trick question to see if you knew what to do. Very good. Zakalah here. So uh, now we got onto the topic of what you do when you come late. So this is a bit difficult, and I, I do want you to know this because this is very common. What do you do when you come late for the prayer? So the first thing is what don't you do? You don't run to catch the prayer up. Okay? You have to go with the Prophet said, You go calmly and slowly. You don't run. We see so many kids come in the masjid. And I'm leading the salah. And not only kids, also adults. And I hear, bang, 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 bang. Their foot, they're running across the masjid to join. And you hear them, like out of breath. And, Allahu Akbar. And that's not how to do it. The Prophet said, فَمَا أَدْرَكْتُمْ فَصَلُّوا وَمَا فَاتَكُمْ فَأَتِمُوا Whatever you catch with the Imam, you pray. So the first thing is you don't run. The second thing is join the Imam wherever the Imam is. Don't wait for the Imam to stand up again. We see some people waiting. Wallah, I don't know where they learned to wait like this for. They stand for such a long time, they stand waiting. Imam's gone sajda, Imam came from sajda, still standing. Imam's. Yeah, some of them are still standing. So instead, what you have to do is you have to join the Imam wherever the Imam is. You join straight away because the Prophet said, Fama adraktum fasallu. Whatever you catch, you pray. Yes, you need to do. Now, this is where it gets a bit difficult. Okay? How many times do you say Allahu Akbar? So here the Imam is in sujood. Okay? The Imam is, forehead is on the ground, he's in, he's in sajda, and you just walked in the masjid. How many times do you say Allahu Akbar? Yusuf says two times. Wrong. 
How many? Once. Why? That's the question. Because the first, what you need to do is start the prayer. Allahu Akbar. Okay. Is there a, a takbirah from standing to sajda like that? No, there is no Allahu Akbar. So you just have to go quietly and join the imam. So you, Allahu Akbar, that's your first one. And then quietly you just go and join the imam. When is the only time you say it twice? When the imam is in ruku'ah. Why? Because there is, you are doing it in the right order. You're not doing it in the wrong order. So you find the imam in ruku'ah. The imam is bowing. So you say Allahu Akbar to join and Allahu Akbar to go into the bowing position. Yeah, because that's normal. But you don't say Allahu Akbar to go from standing into tashahud or from standing into sajda. You don't, so you only say it once unless it's in the ruku' you say it twice. Okay. Now the question. You came late. You joined the imam wherever the imam is. How do you know if you caught the raka' or not? Meaning, how do you know if that raka' is you prayed it or not? Okay, mashallah, ijma'ah, all of you said the same thing. If the imam is in ruku', you caught it. And that's the opinion of the majority. If the imam is in ruku', you caught the raka'ah. So if you, what does it mean you caught the imam in ruku'ah? You reach your ruku'ah before the imam says, Sami'a Allahu liman hamidah. So obviously if the imam is still reading Quran, you're fine. You can just join the imam like that, yeah? So let's give some examples because we might be confusing people at home. I can't tell if I'm confusing you because you're not here. So that's why I can't tell I'm not, if, I'm not, if I'm confusing you or not. So the, let's give an example. The imam says, Allahu Akbar, and starts reading the Quran. Surah Fatiha goes, imam starts reading, Sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la. You walk in, what do you do? Allahu Akbar. Read your Surah Al-Fatiha, if you, can, so you still have time to finish reading it. Okay, and then that's it, you're fine. You caught the raka'ah, right? Okay, you walk in and the Imam just went into ruku'ah. Yeah? So you, Imam read, his, finished his Surah, Allahu Akbar, and he started, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Now you walked in, what do you do? Run as fast as you can? No. Slowly walk. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar a second time to go into ruku'ah. Now, if you reach ruku'ah before the imam said, Sami'allahu liman hamida, you caught it. If you didn't, and you have to be honest, if you didn't, yeah, there's no good the imam said, Sami'allahu Akbar. <laughs> I did it. No, no, you didn't. Yeah? So they, you reach ruku'ah, subhana rabbi, sami'allahu liman hamidah. Do you have to say subhana rabbi al-azim three times? No, if you just reach the ruku'ah and you manage to say it, and the imam says sami'allahu liman hamidah, then you're fine. You caught the raka'ah now. So, you're going to finish the prayer how? You're going to finish the prayer by copying the imam. You're just going to copy the imam. Whatever the imam is doing, the imam sits, you sit. Imam does tashahud, you do tashahud. 
Imam, whatever the Imam does, just don't copy something the Imam does wrong. But. <laughs> no, not like that. Be sensible, not that silly. Be sensible, don't be silly. So the, you, you copy whatever the Imam does. Imam sits, you sit. Imam stands, you stand. Imam does tashahud, you do tashahud. Everything is, you copy the Imam. When you finish the prayer, what do you have to count? Shall I be really, really accurate? You have to count how many ruku' have you done with the imam. That's what you really have to count. How many times have you bowed with the imam? That's what you really have to count. So if you bowed with the imam three times and it's dhuhr, what do you have left to pray? One more raka'ah. And if you bowed with the imam twice and it's maghrib, how many have you got left to pray? One. And if you browse with the Imam twice and it's Fajr, how many have you got left to pray? None, you finished. Even if you didn't start at the beginning. And if you bowed with the Imam twice and it's Asr, how many do you have to make up? Two. And if you haven't bowed with the Imam at all and it's Dhuhr, how many do you have to make up? All four. Meaning you might have joined the Imam right at the end and you never bowed with the Imam. Once, you haven't bowed with the imam at all. You joined the imam right in there, at the very end of the prayer. Yeah? So, how many times did you bow with the imam? Keep that number in your head, and then you start making up the prayer. Okay, when do you start making up the prayer? What's the last thing you do with the imam? You don't do the salam with the imam. So, Because the, the salam ends your prayer. So you can't call imam, says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You listen. When the Imam says it, you don't copy. You stand up. Okay? You don't copy. You stand up. How many do you pray? You pray whatever is left. Meaning, if you if it's dhuhr, are you still having a problem? Okay. If it's dhuhr. And you've done three, you bowed with the imam three times, that means you've got one left. If you bowed with the imam twice, that means you've got two left. If you bowed with the imam once, that means you've got three left. If you didn't bow with the imam at all, that means you've got four left. So you stand up and you start. Which, where do you start from? No, no, no I'm not talking about Fatiha. I mean... Which, because are you starting at, at number one or are you starting at, like let's say I've done three with the imam. When I stand up, which one am I praying? I'm praying number four, not number one. That's a big mistake a lot of people make. What they do is, they missed number one. So what they do at the end is they pray number one and that's not right. You missed number one, you did with the imam two, and three and four. At the end, you pray four again. You don't pray the first one. Does that make sense? You're not praying the first one that, has, that you missed. You're praying the last one again. So for example, it's Maghrib. I prayed one with the Imam, which was number three, right? The Imam prayed one and two. I wasn't there. Number three. 
When I stand up, which ones do I pray? Not number two and number three. Not three and three. Number two and number three. You pray, yeah, you pray at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you're confusing everybody now. With their number two is your number one and my number two is your number two. No, the main thing is you don't go back to the beginning of the prayer. You continue with the number that is in your mind. So how many times did you bow with the imam? Once? Okay, you're doing raka'ah number two and raka'ah number three. How many times did you bow with the imam twice? Okay, you're doing raka'ah number three. How many times did you bow with the imam three times? Okay, now you've got to do raka'ah number four. I hope that makes sense. Okay? What you don't do is go back to the beginning and do raka'ah number one. Why does it matter? Because the actions are different, right? The actions are different. So in raka'ah number one, you're going to read out loud and you're going to read another surah, so it's different. So can we give an example to make it clear? So, here I am and it is dhuhr, okay? And I have just prayed only one raka'ah with the imam. So I only caught the imam in the fourth raka'ah, okay? I've prayed one with the imam. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to start praying raka'ah number Two, because I've prayed one with the imam, so now I'm going to pray two. Which means at the end of number two, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit for my tashahud. Then I'm going to stand up. When I stand up for number three, I'm going to only recite Surah Al-Fatiha. Then I'm going to stand up for number four and I'm going to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. Then I'm going to sit for the tashahud and then I'm going to give the salam. What am I doing wrong? Yes. Okay, to go, go on. That, that, I'm sure that made loads of sense. Just tell me one more time. If you had caught the last one, yeah, and you had to pray three more, yeah, you went up, and then after you finished that one, you went me. Yes, yes. You can't pray one, then you two, then you didn't do that. You missed it. No, you can't pray one and then pray two. No, you do your tashahud. You, so, you caught one with the imam. Obviously, Imam did a tashahud, but that doesn't count anything for you because you were just copying. Yeah? You stood up, now you're on your number two. It's your number two. So you have to do tashahud there. You don't wait two more to do it. Does that, now are you making, yeah? No, no, I wasn't getting it wrong. I know how to do it. No, I wasn't. You do not understand me. Okay. Now I've got a really, a really, a riddle for you. Okay? Someone prays. Okay, someone prays a prayer and they make a tashahud in every single raka'ah. How? No, no. Three times they make tashahud. They pray to, they, they, someone comes and they pray three raka'at and they pray a tashahud in every single one. How? Go on. No. Go on. Do you know? Yeah. 
Go on, you're praying Maghrib, okay? He's the Imam's praying Maghrib, and when did you come? The last one. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you came last one or second one, it's both the same. It was the same result. It's Maghrib. If you come in the last rak'ah, you prayed the tashahud with the Imam. Then you stand up for your second one and you pray the tashahud. Then you stand up for your third one and you pray tashahud. But likewise, it would be the same if you prayed the second one with the Imam. You pray the second one with the Imam. Then the Imam will stand up for the third one and do a tashahud. And then you'll stand up for your third one and also do tashahud. So yes, Maghrib, that was well done. You spotted that one. Okay. I don't know. I think we've left everybody just completely confused. So, okay, let's test one more time. It's Isha time. Okay. And you've prayed two with the Imam. So you're going to pray two more. Okay, you're going to stand up. You're going to only read Surah Fatiha because it's your third one. And then you're going to stand up again and read Surah Fatiha and that's going to be your fourth one. And then you're going to do your Tashahud at the end and you're going to give your Salam and that's going to finish. Okay. What do you do if the Imam makes a mistake? So for the boys, say... What do you say? Oh, if you, what, what do you mean? Mistake in his Quran? Yeah. Or mistake in his Quran? Ah, mashallah, I told you, Mufti, Mufti. <laughs> He's on the wall today. So if you made a mistake in his Quran, what do you do? You read the correct, you read the correct ayah. Okay. If you, if you know it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, but if he's reading Surah Al-Imran and you memorizing Surah Nas, you're going to struggle. Okay, shh, shh, shh. Don't be silly, please. Okay. No, don't be silly. So, okay. Uh, you correct him. Okay? If you can. What about if he makes a mistake in his actions of the prayer? Say, subhanallah. Okay? Don't say, subhanallah, make ruku'ah. What's wrong with you? Yeah? Just say, subhanallah. And what do the girls do? Clap. Yeah? Just... No, not like that. Not like a not like a clap like that. Like just a like clap, yeah, to tell the imam that he did something wrong. Okay. Sometimes when the imam does something wrong, what will he do at the end of the prayer? Yeah, we're not going to talk about this in the class because it's too complicated. But you will sometimes do a, a sed, some like two extra sajda afterwards. Yeah, and you should generally, you should follow the imam in that. If, if the imam does it, you should follow them. The only time you don't follow them is if you still have something to make up. Because that doesn't make sense that you fo- you're doing... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not doing another random sajda. Yani. You, in that case, you stand up and you do it at the end of your own prayer. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. What else did we miss out about praying with the imam? No, no, be, be sensible, be sensible, okay? Can you join the Yeah. You had forgotten that you had to pray one more and went out the, the last day. Oh, very good. Yes, okay, excellent. So that's a good one. 
What happens if you forget how many you have to make up? That's the first question. You forgot. Oh, did I join the Imam in the first rakah or the second rakah? No. Oh, why pray the whole salah again? When have you ever done that? You go, with the, you go with the minimum that you're sure of. You go with what you're sure of. So if you say, I'm, I can't remember, did I, join him in the, did I join him? Have I got one to make up or two? How many should you make up? Two. two. And if you're like, I don't know if I've got two to make up or three. three. So you should make up three. You should go with what you're sure of. Okay? All right. What happens in your case is you said, I had two to make up, but I only prayed one. Okay? If a very short time has gone and somebody reminds you, you can just straight away make it up and then make your two extra sajda at the end, okay? You can just make it, you can just start praying. Like for example, if it's just if you haven't gone out of the masjid or you're just maybe a few minutes and someone said, Abdullah, Abdullah, you mean you missed one? Okay. Just pray it, yeah? And then do your extra two sajda at the end, okay? But what happens if you left the masjid now? Like, now you have to pray the whole salah again. No, even if you started talking, you can still stand up and pray. You can still stand up and pray. But it should be a short time and it should not be you've like gone away out of the masjid. Just like a you know, very short time, you were still sitting down and pray, facing the qibla. And, you know, generally, I mean, like it was, you didn't, you know, Go to the bathroom or something, you know, like you're just basically in the same place you prayed and someone says, oh, you forgot one. Yeah, you can just make it up straight away. Or you remembered. What else did we not cover? You're thinking of good ones today. But I don't know if you're confusing people, but you're thinking of good ones. Did we cover what we wanted to say? Did we, did we do everything that we needed? Or did we miss anything? So should you do two sajda then for it? <laughs> okay. There is one thing that I wanted to ask you about as we bring to the end the, uh, the topic of the prayer. Okay? As I bring it to the, to the conclusion... I wanted to ask you about which things in the prayer are the pillars of the prayer? Which things in the prayer do you have to do? And which things in the prayer are voluntary? So, wait a second. First of all, what's a pillar? A pillar is something that if you take it away, what happens? The building collapses. So if you take away a pillar of your prayer, what happens to your prayer? And your prayer is gone. You lost your prayer. You didn't pray. Okay. So what are the pillars of the prayer? I'm not talking about before you pray. I'm talking about during your prayer. So takbirat al-ihram. Yeah, the first takbir. The first, Allahu Akbar, the first one. Because without that, you don't have a prayer. Right? Fatiha. Surat al-Fatiha. Unless you came late and you're catching the imam in ruku. Okay? Surah Al-Fatiha, very good. Okay, after Surah Al-Fatiha, Ruku itself, not the Allahu Akbar, 
You have to do that, but it's not, I mean, your prayer is not ruined if you forgot it. Okay? You have to do ruku. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't say anything, you know, of course, we're talking about what will ruin your prayer. If you don't do ruku, your prayer is ruined. If you don't do sujood. And if you don't rise up from sujood and do another sujood, your prayer is ruined. Something else. If you don't stay still in each position, meaning if you don't stay what we call tranquil or like, you know, calm in each position, then this also ruins your prayer. Okay, what about the things that you have to do in your prayer? Like, they don't ruin it if you miss them out, but you have to do them. So the, the takbirah to go into ruku', yeah? Yeah, the, to go into ruku' saying Allahu Akbar. And saying Subhana Rabbi al Azim at least once, and saying Sami Allahu liman hamida, and saying Rabbana walak al hamd, and saying Allahu Akbar, and saying Subhana Rabbi al A'la, and saying Allahu Akbar, and saying Rabbi Ghfirli at least once, and saying Allahu Akbar, and saying Subhana Rabbi al A'la at least once, and then what? Okay, the middle tashahud. The last tashahud is a pillar. The last tashahud, because you can't end your prayer without it, yeah? But the middle one, no. If, the, if, you, if, if you miss the middle one by accident, you can, your prayer is not ruined. Yeah, your prayer is not, it's not ruined. But if you miss the last one, like for example, if you just did sajda and then got off and went home, yeah, then your prayer is ruined. And what else is a pillar of the prayer? Salam. Yeah, you have to end the prayer with at least Salamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Okay? What else did we not mention? Probably some other things. Okay, what are, what's voluntary in the prayer? What's like recommended to do in the prayer? So the dua, dua uh, al-istiftah, the Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik at the beginning. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem. Yeah. Another surah after Surah Al-Fatiha. Saying Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim more than once. Up to the three times. Saying Subhan, saying uh, after Sami' Allahumma min hamida saying Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Hamdan. After Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Rabbana wa lakal hamd you have to say. Saying hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi. Okay. In sajda, saying Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la more than once. The dua after the, the end of the last tashahud. Or in between Rabbi Ghfirli. Rabbi Ghfirli warhamni wahtitni. Yeah, okay. That one's also. Or extra duas in ruku' and sujood. Extra dhikr in ruku' and extra dua in sujood. Extra dua at the end of the tashahud before you say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and so on. Okay. Why does it imp- is it important to divide the actions of the prayer into three categories, which is pillars, things you have to do, and things that are recommended? So you know what to do if you forget them. So what happens if you forget a pillar? You have to no. You have to either bring, go back to that pillar if you if you haven't left it yet. Like for example, I forgot to read Surah Fatiha and I started reading Kul Allahu Ahad. You just Go back and start reading Surah Fatiha. But you can't go back if you've moved on. Does that make sense? Like if you've already made ruku, you can't stand back up again and start reading 
Surah Al-Fatiha, okay? What you have to do is add another rakah at the end of the prayer. Because you have that rakah got, got ruined, yeah? What about if you miss out an obligation, like you miss out one of the things you have to do, but it's not a pillar? Yeah, then you can do the sajda at the end, two sajdas at the end. Do you do it before the salam or after the salam? At this level, we'll say either. Both of them are correct. We're not going to confuse you too much. There's a way to do it before or after, but at this, at this stage in the kids' class, either. If you, for example, you missed the middle tashahud. That happened to me the other day. It doesn't happen to me a lot, but sometimes it happens to me. It happened to me the other day that I stood up without the middle tashahud. I think it was dhuhr or asr, what was it? Dhuhr. And I stood up without the middle tashahud. Like I, I didn't remember the middle tashahud because I thought it was my third. I, I got my number of raka'ahs mixed up. So I thought it, for some reason, I thought it was my third raka'ah, so I stood up. Okay? So this one, you just have to make two sajda, two extra sajda, before the salam or after the salam for now. Later on, we'll talk more about which one, which one is which. Okay, what about if you miss out a sunnah, a voluntary action? You don't do anything. You don't have to do anything. Just remember to try and do it next time. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, that brings us to the end of the prayer. Does that mean we've learned everything you need to do for the prayer? Not everything, no. We just gave a very simple overview for you guys who are, you know, at your age, most of the kids in our class are, let's say, from 8 until eight until 12, I would say, is most of the kids in the class. There's a few who are older, there's a few who are 13, 14, a little bit older, but most are between 8 and 12. So we gave a pretty simple explanation. Later on, there's a lot more you can learn and uh, there's, you know, if you're going to learn with the adults class, we would go through a very detailed book like the Prophet's Prayer described. So we could talk about all the individual parts of the prayer and the recommended acts and the obligations and the pillars. And, but we just try to give you a nice overview of praying, uh, inshallah. What, sh what are we going to do next time? What have we not done yet? So we've done seerah. We've done fiqh now, a little bit of fiqh, because we haven't done tafsir. So is tafsir the next class? Okay, so our next class is going to be the tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha, and then we're going to do the tafsir of the last three surahs, or four surahs of the Qur'an, like the last page and a bit of the Qur'an. Because we want to, we want you guys to know what you're reading in the prayer, that's really important. To understand, and I would recommend even when you're learning your tashahud, even when you're learning your um, du'as and things in your prayer, try to learn what it means in English so that you understand what you're saying and you're not just saying subhanak Allahumma, like you actually know what you're saying. Yeah, so we're going to do tafsir of Surah Al Fatiha next lesson, inshallah. Okay, do you have any questions before we finish? Okay, everything okay with the recording? Okay, we'll finish there. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadu anna ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayka.